Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Laws, the QPR podcast. I've somehow ended up posting, even though we've got a much better post on the programme, but never mind, he can do it next week. Um, right, first of all, we've decided to bring someone a bit younger because I feel that myself and the others are a little bit older and maybe not so wiser. So we've brought in Chris Charles to give the young person's view this week as well. Oh, oh. Hello. Hello, you right? Yes, I'm getting the humour out of the way before we start the podcast because that way mm-hmm. you'll think- it's going to be it's going to be fun, and then halfway through the point switched off, so we'll get it in early. There was uh, so, a bit of gallows humour floating around um, after you know by the time we got to four 0 but we'll talk about all that later. Yeah, better said hanging around, but uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Simon, welcome back. You you're a week or so. How are you? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well, despite what's going on with the football. As I say, I'm going to treat this as some sort of therapy session where we can get everything that's been going on off our chests because, let's be honest, it's from that interview we did with Dobson where we thought with things were going well, I mean, it would be a completely different interview now if we did that. Fair point. Now, the podcast debut at 16 <clears throat> is, is very, yeah, it's very good. And it's, it's welcome. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, we've got Stanley Thomas on, who's named after Stan Balls, I believe, Stanley. And yeah. I've known Stan's dad for about 20 years. He lives around the corner from me. And they frequently do his head in when he's walking past the shop by QPR. In fact, so much so that he now goes t- seven miles out of his way to avoid the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Stanley Thomas. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. And you're, you're, you're up a loft as well, aren't you? I'm what? You're up a loft season ticket holder as well. Oh, yeah, you? yeah. Yeah, J.U. Yeah. When was your first game? I'm trying to get. I'm trying to avoid Saturday, by the way. Anyone else wondering? <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you? It was uh, Coventry in 2011 when we won 2-1 where um, Tarat scored I think and um, what's his name Wayne Routledge put the ball through to uh... no Tarat put the ball through to Routledge and he scored so well, what was that that was um, that's not a bad season to, to start off is it really no yeah I, I only went to two games in that one though so it doesn't, really matter, doesn't matter though, mate. It's no, um, yeah. So I, I, I take it you're at the playoff final then in 2014. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, know, know, what, well. I don't know what your dad or your mum said to you then, but my daughter was there. She was nine, um, and I had to just say, look, Nancy is really not going to get any better than this. Yeah. Once we'd all calm down a bit, but um, sorry, Chris. Um, his dad forgot the tickets. His mum had to drive to Wembley. Really? Yeah. Oh my word. Good that would have been awkward, wouldn't it, if you missed that? It's <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Oh, wow. So, well, basically, I mean, so basically, sorry, Chris. So, Stanley, you've had a couple of years of the good days, and not so much in between. Yeah, nothing's happened for the last seven years, I think. So, Well, the last two years have been quite busy, but apart from that, it's been quite boring. And what, what do, you, do you feel... Um, like disillusioned, do you think you're obviously still going to the games? Is there, is there a problem? I'm just trying to get a sense from people who are a bit younger than ourselves. And uh, do, do, do you ever think, oh, I just can't be bothered to go today? Or are you, no, no, I, I always want to go because I think you know, it, 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 even if we go down or mid table, it's always interesting to see what happens. I think you know, yeah. I always, you know, it's just interesting. I think there's nothing better than going to football on Saturday, so there's nothing else to do. So. <laughs> the best thing to do anyway so that's yeah. true but the trouble the trouble is Simon I mean you've started your little lad at five haven't you what was he young he was about three wasn't he when he went for his first game two months two months oh, two months it was a lot lot easier when he was two months old because all I would do is just stick him in a baby carrier and I remember his first game was Preston in April 2018 we lost which has been a theme of his life basically <laughs> uh, but all he basically did was we just put him in the baby carrier and he and he slept for the first two hours. So, so, he, was, so he he just managed to sleep through. He was quite we was quite lucky. So in the first year of his life, he ended up going to Villa Park. He's been to Bramall Lane. He's been to Portman Road. He's been to Swansea because he's not really had a choice in the matter. Uh-huh. It, 
we had a stage then when he was about one, two years old where he was a little bit more resistant to going. And we, he's still going to the games now, though he wasn't quite so keen on Saturday. But actually, when he gets there, he's now gets into a stage despite the result where I think he's enjoying the day. He's enjoying the day out now. So in that respect, that's in, in that respect, that's good. But I am slightly concerned with the run of form at the moment that he is eventually going to go. No, I don't really want to do this anymore. I want to support the team who wins. That's yeah, that's kind of what I was saying um, to you, Stanley. But you're, but you're. That's it now. It's cute. It's, it's cute. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll never change. I'm trying not to miss a home game in my life from now on. So. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear because that that that's that's kind of it does good as well. In that, the, you know, I often see them trying to avoid me at the train stations. Oh, there is that Egypt mm. from Bob. <laughs> <laughs> He is the greatest QPR player ever, so I guess that's what... But you know what? Before we get on the Saturday's game and, and, and start the therapy session, it's a fair point, though, that, you know, there's, there's a lot of kids, younger people, that it is going to be harder and harder and harder the longer this goes. It's different for us a lot. We're all bloody... We're there, we're going to be there, whatever. But it must be so difficult, especially when you've got all the teams around you. It's London doing so well. So, Stan, fair play to you for sticking with the odds and... I know your dad, I know you'll always be QPR, but it's flipping hard out there, isn't it? Because North London's full of um, teams that might win things. Yeah, I know, but all them teams are stuck in the Premier League and I don't think that's a good place to be with all the VAR and stuff like that. Ruins the game, I think. I'd rather be in the Championship tonight. Yeah, with the linesman in the games of voting videos. I like it, Stan. I like thinking. But would you, I mean, if, you know, obviously that seems like a million miles away now, but if in the next couple of seasons we did get promoted, you'd still be cheering for us to get promoted. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I want to go down. I'm just saying, like, it is a better league the championship. I know what you mean, because it's, uh, I mean, aside from Leicester, who sort of seem to be running away with it a bit. But it, 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 this league, it, it, and it's often the same, is like it's kind of anyone can beat anyone on their day, can't they? Yeah. yeah. The next home match. Hmm. Um, Who's our next home match? Uh-huh. Oh, I know, yeah. It's, I know. Uh, right, we're going to have to talk about Saturday. I mean, we can talk about other things. I mean, we can talk about uh, organic vegetables. We can talk about anything you want, really. But I think we should address uh-huh. it. Simon, I'm going to be honest with you two guys. Simon looks like he wants to just go full pelt. So I'm going to release him. So, <laughs> yeah, when you, mentioned, when you mentioned organic vegetables, we might as well have watched 11 of them on Saturday anyway. But it's... It, it, I, I tried to wrap my brain back to have I seen a worse home performance than that. And I look back at the Newcastle game where we got tanked 6-0, but at least there was the excuse that that Newcastle side was far too was far too good for that um, particular league. Blackburn lost four straight games, conceded the most goals in the in the championship. If we were going to get anywhere, that was the sort of game where we were going to they were right for the taking. And first of all, the team set up, the team set up. I don't understand remotely what he was trying to do with that. The last time we played them, four at the back was away at Watford. Um, lost a lot of space. We stuck a couple of people out to dry, I thought. I mean, to play Zayad Larkesh for his debut, a 20-year-old left-back as right-back, where we had two other two other right backs on the bench. Stephen Duke McKenna, again, bless him, really struggled. He's not he's not good enough. It was really, really narrow. The system was really narrow. So any of the sort of channel balls we played, essentially the Sinclair Armstrong up there, and he's about 30 yards in front of everyone else, and everyone's having to go full pelt to get him. And we almost had the perfect storm of we didn't really know what we were doing in attack. It was the same old sort of channel balls and hope for the best. But at the same time, um, we were so open in midfield, even with three in the middle, it was unreal. And it's one of those, again, where you've got to ask the question over the last two weeks, what are we actually planning to achieve? And I'll let someone else carry on with that before I carry on further. Well, well, I'll just jump just on the on the back of that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, di- I didn't um, go to Leeds mercifully, I guess, because uh, especially the first half that was um, that was an absolute stinker by all accounts. But I'm kind of the same with Blackburn. We're almost like waving them through. It's like uh, sorry against Coventry, we're just like waving them through. We we have got 
goal scorer against Coventry hadn't scored for God knows how many times. We had a team in Blackburn, as you say, hadn't had, had lost their last four games on the bounce. I think in both the both ten, first 10 minutes of each half, I think we started quite well. Um, I, I, I don't know whether that's just the back of the team talk from Ainsworth and adrenaline maybe, but I just didn't. Well, yeah, the 4-4-2, you've kind of covered that. But why, of all games, you know, I know Phil was injured, but, I mean, he's the one guy that kind of protects uh, protects everything. So what, what, why why go to that system that you, you, you know has failed so miserably against Watford with exactly the same scoreline? And, yeah, like, like Paul Larkesh, I mean, I, I'm at a loss for words. Yeah, you, 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 had, you had Aussie, uh, you had um, Unks on the bench, could both play right back. Um, I just did, just did not did not see the logic, did not see the thinking behind it, and I mean it was just it was diabolical. And the, and the substitutions or lack of them, two 0 down at half time, and you don't think to change it or bring anybody on. I, I, I honestly, it's, it's kind of almost almost lost for words. And then you know, I, I actually stayed it out to the bitter end, and I saw Ainsworth walk, walking off. And to be fair. There was a few boos, but I, I think generally the crowd have been quite patient. I think he's got a lot of credit in the bank because he's obviously a bit of a legend. Um, so the boos were isolated. I didn't see many claps, but it, it looked to me like he kind of knew the game was up. As of the time of recording, which is Monday night, uh, Tuesday night, sorry, we don't we haven't heard any news on that. But yeah, that that was my thinking. But anyway, Stanley, over to you, mate. I think it was never going to work because you know you had the. The back four, they hadn't played with each other ever. I think, like, because you had Dunn and Clark sort of have been out of injuries, and then Larkesh, you know, he's never played with Dunn or Clark sort of. So you know they're probably not practiced playing together. He's out of position, and I think when the first goal goes in for Blackburn, uh, they all give up because they don't trust the strikers because they're not scoring years. So I think you know as soon as the first goal goes in. What's the point of even trying to keep going if if you're not if your strikers aren't going to score? So that's, I think that's what they give up for. And I think Ainsworth tries to encourage them to you know give as like try as hard as they can, but they just can't be bothered really. I think that's it's what the, it is. I think it's an interesting one. So, um, where I looked at the side Saturday and like take out the imbalance of the left back playing right back. Um, the back four was unfit. It wasn't you know Jimmy Dunn's not fit. Jimmy Dunn looks miles off fitness, absolute yeah. miles. Um, you've got um, Clark Silter, who's got hardly any game time at all. So Hal's the only one who's who's got games in him, and then a brand new right back, left back sort of thing. Just insane. I don't know if it was a kind of. Do you know? Remember years ago, Stan, you won't remember. Oh, I've got quite an idea, but Holloway put out a team at Leeds when he knew he was sacked. Yeah, it, it to me it was. Not similar to that, but there's sometimes you think a manager just goes, I can't do this anymore. I can't hide the fact that we keep talking about youth team players. And then just these guys are in the 20s and they've played under 25, 30 games and they're possibly not good enough. I've got a 37 year old I have to bring on. I've got Paul Smith who I take off at 70, 65, whatever minutes. Leeds might have been, you know, there's certain times you just look at it and you think, is it him? Is it the club? Is it everything? But I actually think if they do pull the time on Ainsworth, we've got to have a whole look at the whole structure of the club. And I mean it this time. It's got to be from the youth, Ramsey, below Ramsey, everyone has got to be accountable for what they're doing because it's just seems that we just keep sacking the manager and everyone else is staying in place. But if the manager's not getting players from below to put in the first team that are good enough, because let's face it, Sinclair should be unknown. Uh, Coley should be unknown. I know he needs to be a good goal, but it just seemed we're having to rush players in. And, and Sinclair, for all the, the love in the world, he's not getting enough shots away for his confidence. He's just too busy trying to run 10 yards and barge people so he can create a chance for himself with no support. Sure seems to have forgotten to take a corner free kick or to release without beating the player three times. So it just seems that, that Stan, you, you, you made a good point. Do they trust each other? You know? This no, is a, yeah. You know, and, it's, and, and Dykes comes on and... He's just continually trying to score that header he scored the other week where he's just doing the same thing. And he's, I don't know. It, it just seems something's rotten. Now, I'm going to let you all come in because I'm just going to have this bit of a rant. I was speaking to a friend of mine who supports the same Irish team as me, but he's a Bristol City fan. 
So I was having a yarn with him about Dickie. And I said, how's he doing? What's he playing like? Oh, couldn't be happier. What a bargain. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm thinking, what are we doing wrong? You know, we're selling these players for the same money or less than what we got them for. We're paying them off. They don't seem to want to hang around very long and they want to get out quickly. And a lot of that team on Saturday, Richards doesn't even want to flip and play for us, regardless of what's going on in his head or his life or anything. Nobody knows, but he doesn't want to seem to be out there. And there's a few like that. Dazelle doesn't seem to be enjoying himself. We play with a heavy shoulder. They don't seem to be enjoying it. And I, I, that worries me. And then you, you hear like Dickie goes out, goes off to Bristol City and, and they become the players we know they can. I don't know. It's just so depressing. It's so horrible. And I feel for younger fans because Saturday didn't give us any hope at all. If anything, everyone, I think everyone who was supporting the manager turned. And yeah, I, I, but to be honest, I, I think, and I said this last time I was on the pod, in fact, the only other time I've been on the pod um, this season, but I think we've been very patient as a fan base this season. I think the support has been good from the first whistle, the song start, you know, the first 10 minutes or so, but then it's kind of only natural for the life to be sucked out of you when you let in yet another, like, easy goal, uh, a goal you shouldn't be letting in. Um, and I think the, the booze came, the booze came on 2-0, the booze came at half-time, and like I say, there was a, there was booze at the end, but when Ainsworth walked off, they weren't particularly directed at him. They still we've still got respect for him, I think, as a fan base. But you know that 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 was the straw that broke the camel's back. That 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 everybody, I was a lot of people is like I, I was like wasn't sure. Do we give him a bit longer? I, I I don't think we do now. I didn't want him in the first place, as I said the other week, mainly because he's a QPR legend. I didn't want him to see him go the same way as Les Ferdinand and some of the others, but. Also because I didn't think his style of football would go down well with the fan base. Um, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be love it if he stays and we suddenly go on a massive run and all sweetness and light, but I just I just can't see it. Simon, I watched his, af- his interview afterwards, and this is a question for you and Stanley. I don't know if you've both seen it, if you haven't, fair enough. But when he said they give me everything again, I thought you can't keep saying that because they, no. they, they there's no way they... You, if that's all they've got to give... And my God, we are in big, big trouble. Simon, what it, do you think? It, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because quite a lot of those players, when Critchley, and we all said quite rightly, called them out after Fleetwood, we all know what a lot of those players did, which was essentially down tools on him. Now, we could argue very strongly at the moment that I think a lot of the players might well be downing down in tools on Ainsworth there. But I'm not sure what, they, what they're going to be doing. But what we've got to remember with some of these players is when they say players give me anything, this is now four managers now in about 18 months where we've been going on these sorts of runs. And I, I totally accept what you're saying, Paul, about it's it's not always the manager. But I think with this one, you can quite clearly see with some of the setups, some of the decisions he's making. I think, as Chris rightly said, the most unforgivable thing was just keeping it until the 72nd minute to end up making a change. Any other, quite a lot of other managers at that stage will have realised there's this, there's this big gap. We need to, we need to give Live Cash a bit of protection, and yet we carried on and carried on, and then we ended up making making changes at four nil, and that again increases that impression that he, he he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing. So. I think I know what Ainsworth's trying to do. He's trying to keep on saying that because he knows what the play, players are going to do. And also, I think it's he ran out. He he's run out of ideas. I think. And there's always games, isn't there, where you lose a crowd and you know you're not getting that crowd back. I think there was one with Steve McLaren where they made that sub of Showek. Everyone booed it, and then all of a sudden McLaren changed his mind. And I think everyone then went, "Yeah, McLaren's McLaren's going after that." That game, that game there was, that was the one which suggested that I don't think Ainsworth's not getting the crowd back, or if he is getting the crowd back, it's going to need to be like a ten-match winning run. That's not going to be happening. So I think he can keep saying what he wants, and I know what he's trying to do. But all he's trying to do do now is it just solidifies the opinion of the crowd that he doesn't he doesn't know what he's doing, and mm. essentially. He might well have to change tack a little bit and actually start trying to call them out. I know he tried it again after Coventry a little bit, talking about the mentality. But at the moment, he, he's showing the signs of a man who's 
who's floundering in a bit. And I think he knows that he's out of his depth and the game's up. Stanley? Um, I was going to say something. Um, yeah, so I think after the Watford game, you, you know, Ainsworth was playing his long ball tactics. And I think after that, I think the players, they all said, like, we're not going to have this. So as, as soon like, straight after that game, we went back to like, you know, back five and passing out the back and everything like that, I think. And I think the players have got control over him. And he's, he's not actually, I don't actually think he's got that much power in, in the club. I think the players are doing it himself. And that's what the problem is. They've got no one uh, like in control of them. I think they've all gone separate ways. That's a big worry, isn't it? And again, it goes back to what we said about they did the same thing with Twitchley. Why are we letting a group of players who, let's be honest, have done nothing but lose over the last 18 months get away with that? Who was it? Who was it? It was Richards, wasn't it? I'm not digging Richards out particularly. Critchley said something and he went on social media and did some emojis to sort of undermine the manager when Critchley was still manager. I'm sure that was something that was said and, and Richards came on there and something about him not being fit and he made a comment and I thought, God, you know, you shouldn't feel as a player you can do that. And I think you're right. I mean, Critchley had the worst record of any manager we ever had. Um, and now we've got into Ainsworth and it's just, yeah, we seem to just fry and pan far inferno, don't we? It's it's just, we don't get it right. I mean, I, even, I mean sorry, Chris. No, I was going to say, I think... Um... Um, I think everyone was kind of happy when Critchley was appointed. It kind of made sense. And you said about I think what what's been been crying out for is a style within the club, and that that so that's why Brighton can move seamlessly from manager to manager. So you pick the manager to suit the club. Um, but there's just so many times we 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 rip things up. Um, but I, I, I know Les Ferdinand, you know, and, and rightfully he made some bad decisions. But I think when we appointed, appointed people and we had those first few results, I think everyone thought he, he pulled a masterstroke off by doing that. And I also think that Ferdinand was trying to continue down that path of, of playing the same football and, and bringing personnel in to, t- to tailor to suit that. But from what I can gather, the Ainsworth appointment was um, an Amit Batia appointment or certainly a board appointment. So that was done over Leslie's head. Um, and there was also another one. I can't... Um, uh, it'll come back to me in a minute. But there was another one that was appointed by Fernandez or... Well, I, I can't that remember. That was McLaren. McLaren was McLaren, a McLaren, that's why. McLaren. Yeah. So I think for all the all the stick that Les got, I can actually see that he, he was trying to steer the club in the right direction. And... I've got to say, I wasn't as vocal as a lot of people um, suggesting Les had to go. I thought he actually did some did some decent stuff. But on that subject, at the moment, we're now four months without a director of football. Um, and can you appoint a manager without a direct? Who, who appoints the manager? Is that is that going to be Amit Batia? Is it going to is it going to be Ruben? I, I, I don't really know. The trouble is, you say that Les Les did do a good job, and we don't know. Because the legacy is the youth team isn't filling the spots. So no, the that's tra- fair, fair enough. Yeah, the transfers that has been done over the last eight years, fifty players in in a couple of seasons, and in and out and everything else would suggest that you may have a point there. Maybe it's a case of Les didn't want to do this, someone else did. Les want to do this. Everyone's doing their own little thing, but no one's in overall control. And you've, I got that impression on Saturday when you know we're we're in the shit and the chairman's off playing golf. Now that's fine. It's celebrity golf, but I don't know if he's that much of a celebrity that anyone really would have missed him not being there when he should be at Loftus Road. Because at the fans' form, it's like, you may not see me, but I am there. I'm in my box. Well, no, you won't. You're playing golf. Yeah, and- I think I think that's a case of trying to of reading the room there because that this was a pivotal game for us this season. You hate to say must-win games in October. And it's probably still not a must-win, but that's a, we're playing a team on the same amount of points the same amount of games we've lost the last four on the spin. We haven't had a home win in two hundred and three games uh, days before Saturday. Um, that's the one we kind of really needed to get a result, even if it's you know fighting back from two 0 down to get a two all draw. I mean that would have that would have galvanised people, you know. But it's just it's just a tame. Well, it, you know, it would have it it, it, it would have like realised that the team's got a, a bit of fight in them, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm jumping in here, so I'll, I'll let everyone else have a go in a second. But on, on, on the fact of players not playing for the manager, I, I'm not so sure that's the case. Um, 
I just think they don't know what they're supposed to be doing out there. And and, and that you can see like the body language. It's like it's like chairs like sort of out on the left a lot of the time. And there's so much space between I mean, Armstrong's like plowing plowing a lone thrower. Armstrong and Dykes doesn't work in my in my opinion, or certainly hasn't done so far. And it's like I. I I don't know. I'm sure some of them are, but I, I just get the impression that the players are just perplexed because they're just sent out on the pitch and they're not really sure how they're supposed to make a football team out of the sort of rabble that's been sent out. Anyway, I'll let I'll let it's everyone else have a go now. To 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 um Stanley after this one, but it's a weird because the thing that the people from the board and the club always said: stop my hacker line and best player in the park every week in training. If we could play the training pitch, that guy would be in an international, he'd be this, he'd be that. No, he wouldn't. He, he, there's nowhere as long as I've got a hole in my arse that he is anything other than just someone who just had to get very lucky with someone at a club and get a contract because he, was, he, he wasn't. And every manager tried him, every manager played him. And it, that, that always worries me. It's like, why? You can see that that's not working. Kelman, the same thing's being said about Kelman. Best finisher at the club. We've got a real goal scoring issue. He never gets on. So that's clearly not a thing. So who's feeding back to the board? Who's telling the board these things? Because if I was in the boardroom and someone said to me that Hakkinen, great player, in the training, and I would say, great, let him train with someone else because he's crap and he's not working. There seems to be a whole thing of, you know, there's one person pointing at someone, three fingers pointing back at you, whose fault it is sometimes, and there's no responsibility. Amit's a lovely fella. Ruben seems decent enough. He lost his dad. Lee Hughes, I think, was in America last week, which could be for personal reasons. We don't know. We can't say. But there seems to be no one there. You know, and that's the gap that Les seemed to fill. Home and away, Les was always there. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it was always there. And it just seems that we 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 need strong leaders. This, I mean, listen, I'm old. It would never have happened under Gregory. We'd never done this. But then we're old. Has modern chairman's changed? I don't know. But it seems like we're a ship with no captain and a hell of a lot of leaks. Stanley. I don't really know too much about all that um, chairman. I don't know what the, the roles of the chairman and the director of football and all them actually do. But I think, you know, you're talking about the, the youth team and, and what they're doing. Everyone we've brought in, apart from Powell, I think in the last, since, since Bill came in, they've been um, negative towards the club. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone who's, who's been good apart from Powell since, they all got bought in. So I think they're just trying to use the youth team. Uh, but it's, it's not going to work. But I think, you know, I don't know. Everyone they bring in, it's, what's the point of spending money if it's not just wasting it? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. So, like, because especially at some of the loan signs, I think actually at the start, and especially when we, God, it seems a long time ago, we were kind of top almost this time last year. Um, and they had, a, they had a decent impact, but then there was just injury upon injury. Um, and, yeah, the fellow from Leeds, I mean, you could count on the fingers of one hand how many times oh, yeah. he was fit. Um, so I know what you mean. So what they're trying to do is it's like, well, we've gone down that route. That didn't work. So we're just going to have to use the youth team. Is that what, you, is that what you're saying, Stanley? Yeah. So they're not gonna, they're, they don't bring nothing towards the results. I mean, every time we bring one on, they just, they're not confident or they're not not trying hard enough, I think. Even you know, Duke McKenna the other day, he wasn't running out, he wasn't running that much. And you know, you've got to take the opportunity when you get on the pitch, but they're not really doing it. It's interesting, if we're going to say it's interesting because Drew played right back a few times last season, didn't he? But he hasn't featured at all this season. Yeah, he only played well when he first game at Rotherham. It's the only way yeah, he, he did, but I remember being at the game at Burnley where he got torn an absolute he got torn an absolute new one. By and let's be honest about it, the left winger Zoari is pretty much a Premier League slash Championship player. But yeah, it was it was a proper men against boys there, and I don't think it's been any surprise he's not been he's not been seen since. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of the I probably question the whole idea of the youth the youth players coming on not trying or anything like that. I don't think you could accuse Ryan Colley of of not trying. No, I think it's just it. it it's just a case of people being slightly out. Yeah, they're probably slightly out of their depth at championship level. And I think what was mentioned before is in an ideal world, maybe you'd have the likes of Collie, particularly if they're 17, 18 on loan at potentially a League One, League Two club. 
like we've got with Murphy Mahoney at the moment. But he seems to be the only one who has has got a loan with a with a decent with a league side. So actually, if they're getting loans at that stage, then what's the chance of the likes of Rafferty Pedder, who's currently at Oxford City, eventually becoming eventually becoming um, players who are good enough to play in the Championship? Now we've said before, there's under 17s, under 18s who are going to have a bit of potential when we say they've got a bit about them. But at some stage, we've got to start thinking about if they're going to make it at championship level, getting them out on loan as well. Trouble is, I think the youth team's goal ratio against has been pretty horrendous the last few weeks as well. So I wonder if they're playing the same way as first two. And that's another thing, isn't it? Is everyone playing the same system? Is everyone doing the same thing? Because consistency is what we're always told about at football and everything. It's got to be go from the youth to the development to the first and it's going to be seamless. But it's not. It's We're throwing Troop McKenna look shell-shocked. We're throwing bodies at things rather than ideas. And that worries me. I think we're going to burn Sinclair out if we're not careful. Um, that worries me a lot. Um, but then with no one else to play there, we, we can't score goals. We can't even take a corner. And that's not... Yeah. From the, I don't know what that's about. Anyway, I'm, I'm thinking it shouldn't be. But I just... I don't... That, that's just... Ridiculous that we can't take a frigging corner for a love of money. The free kick... every every time we get a corner, I'm more concerned that they're going to have an counter attack and, and and score. I don't even don't even it doesn't even cross my mind that it's a chance for us, which is ridiculous, really. But I I can't remember the last time um, we, we we got anything from a set piece from a corner particularly. Um, and I addressed the long throw-ins that aren't long throw-ins. Um, last time I was on, and that since then there's been a few more comedy, if you can call it that, attempts to do that, and that. That's surely got to come from the manager. Like, you know, like it, it seems like a Wickham type player. Get the ball into the box, long throwing. Well, what about the free kick that Chur did that ended up in the Ellsley? You know, there was, there was there's just things that are just happening. You're like, am I seeing this right? This, I don't know. And, and the goals that we considered towards the end, the, the cash and, and done. We're basically down to fitness as well, Sam. We won't they? Let's be honest. It wasn't, you know, just just crucially poor. And I don't, I don't even think that was particularly the fourth goal. I don't think that's fitness. That's just two thirty-yard mm. passes with no one anywhere near, and then like catch back up. That that's not fitness. That was just that's just basic lack of organisation. And I think you've said it when you come to the things that we're doing at the moment with set pieces. Gareth Ainswood side, you look at the Gareth Ainswood side at Wickham, you they have limitations, but you spent so much time making sure that you got things out of set pieces. Look at what Joe Jacobson did there. We've got no one. We've got no one like that at all. And you'd have thought we'd have spent a lot of time maximising our opportunities and maximising our chances to get something from there. And Looking back on it now, I do go back to the um, the time I went to that training ground exercise and I, I did make that throwaway comment of finishing shocking, finishing shocking. And the more I think about it now, the more I think about if that's what they're typically doing in training, can we really be surprised that things are going on like that? The drills were essentially just knocking the ball out wide, crossing the ball in and trying to finish. It was done and I said it before in the pod it was relatively slow paced and I was interested to see whether that would compare with how that would compare with other teams and even on that session whilst the players were great afterwards you did come away scratching your head a bit thinking hold on a minute is that what they is that what they're doing every week because if that is what they're doing every week it's not got the intensity that I think you need to play at championship level and you can see that in the games we're playing at the moment where there isn't an intensity of what we're trying to do. It's just slow, ponderous, if we do have it on the deck, and then sort of like whack it down the channel and hope Sinclair or Paul Smith gets it. And it's that thing again of, we know the players are limited. We know that they've been losing for the last 17, 18 months, but are we getting the best out of the players at the moment? And I think probably even Ainsworth admit he's not doing that. Stanley? I think um, with the corners, I want to I want to know why we've not realised that every other team we play against has someone about thirty five yards out 
unmarked and they just do a hard ground pass to him and he gets a shot off every time and then we're just crossing it in and the keeper goes down and they get a free kick for it the rules have changed so anywhere anytime the keeper goes down it's a free kick so why don't we just do that so yeah we've got no one to shoot do we I mean you look at Kakai putting it uh, you know in the upper loft the other day it's just every corner we get it's just wasted and I think you can't be chair taken no, I think that's that, that. I think chairs love chair to bits, and I do. You know, I, I saw on a couple of message boards he was so a couple of people trying to make him the scapegoat, which I thought was a bit unfair because I do, I do think he tries. I do think he overplays a bit. I do think he takes. There's no one to pass the ball on sometimes, but yeah, exactly that. Yeah, when you've got when you when you you're looking up and you haven't you literally haven't got any options. We we don't even have options for throwing, let alone anything else, and and. But just to come back on that point, watching Coventry and watching Blackburn, and yeah, like I said, Black, not a great Blackburn side, but watching them, it was just like their attacks were just going bang, 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 feet, 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 and just cut us open to ribbons. Ours are like, you know, you take us that long to get over the halfway line, and there's no movement as is non-existent in, in our team, absolutely non-existent. And I think, you know, you say Armstrong should be out on loan, but I'm not sure that we're really playing to his strengths and... and he, you know, when you saw what I like about Armstrong more than anything is, I think he, he's the person who cares most on that team. And you can see when he when he came off, and he's done this a couple of times. He walks around the pitch because he wants to get off the, the, the to the side where we're on, so we can where he's nearest to let us carry on. And everyone's applauding him, but he's he's not looking up. He's not acknowledging anything because he's so upset with himself with with the team. Um, but anyway, sorry, I've, I've, I've kind of strayed away from your point. There, Stanley, but I think that you, you made a very good one, mate. It's like with other teams, and, and the one that you made as well. It's, it's just like if they're doing that in training, if that's the drill, then uh, it's not really surprising that this isn't happening. It's more a case of making the same mistakes game after game. I mean, how many times, I mean, Gareth Ainsworth have said it himself, and you know, we get done down the right all the time. Well, do something about it, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, and has he not got the players? Is, is this FFP going to kill us? Do we take a hit on FFP and just get some bloody bodies in and go for it and, and don't worry about a pound deduction because it'll probably go down anyway if we're not careful. It's such a minefield we're walking. And then, as I keep saying, when no one's accountable or seems accountable, because if we do change the manager and everyone stays in place below him, I don't know. It just it just seems that it's just it's a, it's, it's a roundabout of madness. We need some honesty, some forthrightness and people to take some criticism on the head, take it on board and start trying to change things because it's none, none of the results were really good. The, the youth team players are making the debuts at 22, 23, so I'm from calling it And the rest, I don't know, it just seems, as I tried to say with Dickie, he couldn't wait to get away. Now you compare that to when he first joined, he was loving it. Mm. What happened in between times? Look at the goalkeepers, they go backwards instead of going forwards. We've now had to go down the road of bringing an, an older one to try and just hold the sticks together for a while. It just seems that just everything's just seemed to be decaying around us, and we're we're, we're throwing band-aids out of them. What we need is a great big freaking bandage. Mm. I don't know. Well, It'll one thing good. we don't know, Paul. You mentioned FFP. We don't know how close exactly we are sailing to the moon with that. So whether we can legitimately afford to sack a manager. And the backroom staff, and bring another one in. So we're we're not privy to that information, but I, I I do understand it's probably going to be tight. But if if, if say we are, if, if we're okay, we can bring someone in at least till the end of the season. Who would you go for? Do you know what I had this argument in my head the other day? I know that people are talking about bringing Bill back. Some people talk about Nathan Jones, and there's all these things that are going on. No one knows. I mean, it's typical ranges, isn't it? There's two managers out of work. There's Critchley and there's Rob Edwards. Who did we go for? Do you know what I mean? It's 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 we just make decisions that are just if we had to go on the road, but two so that would be any different. I don't know. Personally, I have no idea anymore. It, we we seem to definitely a non-QPR connection. I'm sick of killing legends. I'm sick of killing people's reputations. Um, we need to go outside the box, I think. And if we are going to base the manager, which we haven't done yet, I, I honestly don't know, I haven't got a clue. But somebody could win a freaking football match would be great. Simon, what do you reckon? I mean, to be fair, I mean, first of all, I can't believe anyone suggesting Mick Beal comes back. <laughs> but the um, but what I would say is Mick Beal was a little bit of an out of 
a bit of an out of the normal appointment. And for the first few months, I think, as you rightly said, Chris, I thought it looked an absolute masterstroke. We weren't, we weren't to know that he was ending up sort of like flashing his, flashing his knickers as such as every other club that was moving from an early age. It was, on the face of it, it seemed like a really exciting appointment. I think, for me, the most important thing we've got to think about, given the TV deal that's coming up next year, is we just somehow need to be staying in the championship. And we've got to ask ourselves a question, are we likely to do that under Gareth Ainsworth? And at the moment, I would probably say it's 90% no. I think from my point of view, like we've done with Cook, like we've done with Colback, we know they're sticking plaster signings, but we've somehow got to get this bad financial fair play year out of the system. And we've just got to get to 24-25 in the championship with a bit more money and a little bit more financial fair play headroom to try and to try and offset any of the problems we got. And I think for me, if he's willing to come back and I have a suspicion now that Les has gone and Tony Fernandez has gone. He might well be open to it. I think we we need to be, if the worst comes to the worst, we need to be on the phone to Warnock. Yeah, that 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 gets my vote as well. I have to be saying there's a lot of talk about useless. Obviously, he's just become available. I think as well, given the fragile situation, I think handing out another four-year contract to a manager is probably not the wisest move at this time of the season. We're not, Warnock takes it to the end of the season, keeps us up and keeps us up with plenty to spare. Then you look at that again, I think. Um, Stanley, as a younger younger person. Yeah. We've got to stay with Ainsworth, I think. I mean, uh, I don't think we're going down, but even if we do, uh, his speciality is getting out of League One. And you can't keep sucking managers. I mean, if you look at in the past, they used to keep them forever and they used to be more successful. You can't just keep sacking it. It's just not good. And you got, then you, you're giving them contracts for like four years or five years or stuff like that. Why would you make contracts that big if they're never going to stay? And you have to keep paying them. I think you just stay with him and it'll work out in the end, I think. I just want to ask, Stan, and nothing against what you've, yeah. what you've said there. What, what have you seen from Ainsworth which makes you think he might turn it around? I like the way he, he uh, he's always positive and he, he tries to, every game, you know, he, he gives his best. And I don't think anyone else can really do that as much as him. He... You're saying like in a motivator type sense? And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I think that's all we need this season. The players we've got, they're not actually that good as a team. So any like posh tactics or something, it's not going to work for these players. All they need is just to get over the season and completely do it Ainsworth's way next year. Next year. But the trouble is, I think you've got oh. a kind of a team. You've got, you've got, you've got Coog, Fox, Field. Um, believe it or not, I think Chair is a great player. Um, you know, you, yeah, they're not working together though. No, this is a thing, but then nothing works. I mean, Critchley, it just it went to pieces. I mean, basically, this, you know what? I was thinking this the other day, this time last year, strictly started. You heard those stupid tunes in the background when you're tea, making your tea, and it's gone into this time of year where the nights are getting darker and it's all marvelous. And we were top of the league. And by the time strictly it ended, we'd gone to shit, you know, and, and that's how quick and how. Did I just make a reference to Strictly come down to the QPR? Yes, yeah, the curse of Strictly. Uh, I, I think that's what I call it. Yeah. It's a good point of, you know, do you pray do for the manager and hope it works out? And then that way, if they've been through this stage where everything's gone perfect, I get that. I'm just not sure he's got the crowd, the players or the backing. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But it, the trouble is, if he's not the the answer, what's the question? Who do we bring in? Who do we? How do we do things? Um, yeah, because- I mean, I, I I I can totally see Stanley's point, and I think it's refreshing that um, you 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 know you think he, you, we should back him, and he can turn it around. I mean, just from my point of view, I mean, again, this is only a point of view. I I, I just it doesn't look like he's got much more left in the tank, uh, and and I just thought yep. some of the decisions on Saturday weren't that great. Um, and I, as I said before, Stanley, I'd be the happiest person on earth. If he does stay, he proves us all wrong 
and and we go again uh, and it keeps us up and then you know there's a bit of hope gets weed, weeds out some of the, the bad apples that sort of stuff I, I, I absolutely love that but just you know again it's only opinions but from my personal opinion i think if anyone is to come in and 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 shake these players up and maybe give them a bit of a plan and let people know what they're doing then i think i would take warnock to the rest of the season this range is going backwards looking to what if Warlock doesn't? What if he takes us down? And there's a little reputation ruined. I mean, I, I he's, heard... got, he, he's got nothing to lose, has he? He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, it's a no. It's it's win win for Warnock. He keeps us up absolutely brilliant. We go down. No one's going to blame. No one's going to blame him. We were going down anyway. Do we have yeah, it? All... If you get if you go and get Warnock, he's, this will be last season in football. I think. Oh, he's maybe one more. But after that, we've got to go and get someone else after he's done all his yeah. stuff. So that's the same as Ainsworth. Why would you get an old person when you just get a, you know, stay get someone young who can last? Because yeah. I think you've got the entirety of the because I think the way that is you've got the entirety of the summer to try and get someone. So by yeah, yeah. May, yeah. May, by May June time, they're going to be able to come in. They'll be able to have a look at the squad, make some changes if needed, and it gives them a lot more time. I think if we go with a current established manager now, potentially we're still running. Look, let's be honest about it. As I say, I think even with Warnock here, it's still 50-50, we're going to stay up. But with Ainsworth at the moment, I think, and I get what you're saying, Stan, about, yeah, stick with him and hopefully he'll turn it. As it stands at the moment, I would say it's about 90%, 90% we go down. I think we've just got to try and reduce the risk of not going down not going down this season. Yeah. But is, is Warnock not just buying us more time to kick the can down the road? Well, yeah, he is. But what, what I'm what I'm what I'm trying to say is that you, you're not you're not hiring him on another four year. And the reason I think why managers are on four year contracts or three year contracts because that's the only way you're going to get them to commit. I think if I'm right, oh, yeah. when you when you sack them, you you they only get paid only get paid a year's salary. That's right. Yeah, uh, regardless. But um, I, I just think you take Warnock. It's like um, you you do it till the end of the season. So it's not it's not on a big deal. It's not it's not crickling us. Um, you see how he does, and like I say, it's kind of um, it's kind of it's a win 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 for him. And then you know, if 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 he keeps us if he keeps us up, we're doing well, and Sharon's happy. Then give him give him give him give him another give him another year. Uh, it all, all sounds very good on paper, I know, but I, I just think we're at the at sort of desperation stakes now, and that that kind of tipped me over the edge on Saturday. Someone, uh, someone grabbed me Saturday. So what did you feel about who was it there? Oh, did I dream it? I mean, who knows? Of a Ramsey Warnock type thing, where Warnock comes in as director of football, Ramsey's sort of manager, and they're just trying to. Uh, yeah, and it's one of these things. Everyone's guessing, and no one knows that that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, Whereas, I, I said to you, didn't I, on the on the message, and you asked that, and I said that was exactly the same as what happened in 2015. Warnock yeah. came in director of football, got rid of Ramsey. That's not going to. Yeah, there's no way in the world that they'll do that, or if they did, that'd just be mind numbing and stupid. The thing is, do we then start from scratch next season, bring Warnock in, and then just start afresh youth, academy, yes. everything next season? Or do we give the youth another year? For me, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that nobody cares. I mean, Furlong's great and everything else, but something's not right. I mean, I think you speak to anyone and everyone's got a lot of time for Furs, but I don't know. There's, there's, there's some things that just don't seem right at the club, and it doesn't sit well with me that, that these players are just... No, a lot of them seem happier to be gone. I mean, there's no question that Willock is not happy. You know, that, that, that's not up for debate. And it's just such a bloody shame because they come and they do so well and they seem to just get hacked off halfway through it. It's frustrating and it hurts. Yeah. I think that goes that goes back, Paul, to the idea of um, the development club, that if you tell someone that QPR is going to be some sort of stepping stone to <laughs> something better and then that doesn't happen, I think it's almost human nature. You're going to end up feeling disheartened. And take Rob Dickey as an example. He, um, in the first season and a half, yeah, totally agree. He was superb. But what was then interesting was when he came up against proper Premier League strikers like Mitrovic and Solanke, he, he struggled very, very badly against them. And I think there was no coincidence there that actually you'd notice there was a lot more where his head would drop because almost he lost that self-belief that he could compete as potentially a Premier League player. And I think that was something with Dickey was, whilst he may well be happier at Bristol City, 
he was someone who we generally found if he made a mistake, he would find it impossible to have the resilience to sort of get back, get back up to the level he was. And I think that's something else we've struggled with, with regard to recruitment is, and that's why we brought in Cook, Colback, because they may well have that element of resilience that a lot of our players have lacked over the last two or three years. Yeah, absolutely. Fellas, I'm, I'm going to have to jump off. I've got to do bedtime stories, but um, great, great to great to see you all. And um, yeah, we we'll, we don't know what's going to happen in the next few days, but um, uh, we'll, we'll watch with interest to see what happens this week and see if there's any developments. But thanks, guys. Take care and nice to meet you, Stanley. Yeah, you too. Bye. Cheers, Chris. Thank God he's gone. Um, no, it's it, it is a real hard place, I, and I do worry because whatever we do and however we do it, it's going to be. Another leap of faith, let's be honest, isn't it? Um, and how many leaps of fears can you have before you you fall off the cliff? Is my worry. Have we got another leap of faith left? Who knows? I I don't know. But things need to change. I think we're all agreed now. Stanley, thanks for coming on. By the way, and stick up the manager because sometimes we all say the same thing and we all go over things. It's nice if someone comes in and says, "Actually, I'd like to do this." And I'm not mm-hmm. paranoid saying that. It's just a different perspective on it. And, I don't think anyone wants the manager to work more than we do. I think I, I, I say that as a QPR fan, for every QPR fan, I think everyone wants him to work. No one has a bad word to say about him, apart from your dad, Stanley, who doesn't like the way he has. Yeah. Work. Um, and things like that. But it's not, he's not on that, and he's not deliberately doing this bad. I, I just, ah, oh, just so fed up with it now. You know, how many more times we haven't won at home this season yet? You know, it's just so frustrating. And I think that's more the worry. I don't know, Simon. I don't know. Well, what was the stats? I mean, Coventry, Sunderland, Blackburn, and potentially Bristol City will all have won more games at Loftus Road than we will have had over the last year. And that's not, it's not sustainable. You can't have a situation where you're winning one game at home in a calendar year, not only for sort of like players, but also, as we keep on saying, for younger fans, because they're just eventually going to go, well, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I've got far better things to do with my Saturday than watching us lose all the time. Which is basically take up the feet of position and bang your head off a wall or the floor, really. And that's that's a thing, you see. Younger people, and we've got to watch this with everyone around us, are getting distracted and it's difficult. It's not like we were young. I mean, Christ, you know, is, is it, I don't know. It's just, you get so frustrated because we are a brilliant club. We do do things brilliantly. You know, some of the stuff they do in the community and how they do things is just so... You're full of pride for how we do it, and then sometimes you turn aside and you see people arguing and showing with each other. I don't know, it's just it's a bit toxic. Um, go on, Stanley, save us from this depression by telling us everything's gonna be all right. We're just being a couple of old bastards. Yeah, so what I was just thinking was, um, every time we every every second half, it looks like we've got nothing to play for, uh, and, and the atmosphere completely dies at home, and every team we play. They they've always you know sold out away and it always helps them. They've always got energy. They've always got something. They're always going for the playoffs, and that they always beat us in the second half. You know every time we always start well because the atmosphere is there, and you know just had the team talk. But after that, we've got nothing to play for. The players aren't going to be there. That like if we go down, they don't. I don't think they care. So that's what the problem is. It's not. I don't think it's the manager that's the problem. I think it's the, the atmosphere and the, the way the players see it. That's fair enough. Right, Sam, and we're going to go into, with no predictions, thank God, because it's an international break. And my God, am I lucky to support Northern Ireland during the breaks where I get to absolutely get cheered up completely by being thrashed. <laughs> um, yes, or someone like that. Oh, well, we had a couple of good years. That was nice, a couple of euros. Anyway, um, so we're going to do our hours end. Um, Stanley, I was you know, listen to the podcast before, it's just you know, what you say, or if you message for anyone in particular, this is no good time to bring up that your dad was wrong to take you off the show. That's an argument for you and him on yeah. a different day. Um, so I'm going to let Simon go first. Is there any other things you want to mention? To be honest, mate, we've just, we, I think we've pretty much exhausted it, to be honest. And normally I'd come up with something, but I think at the moment it's, yeah, it's pretty rotten at the moment. And, you just hope upon hope that we use these two weeks in some stage either 
to make a decision about what's happening with Ainsworth or at the moment just having just having someone coming up and just actually speaking and communicating because at the moment there is no communication we don't know what's going on I have to say I'm amazed that nothing has happened so far with regard to Ainsworth but if anything is to be done not only not only for the club but also for Ainsworth as well because I think it no one wants to be at a game where people are calling for his head. I remember being at West Brom last season where people were saying F off Les Ferdinand and that was that was really horrible and really difficult to listen to. I don't want it to be at a stage where a good man is being sort of knocked down, as it were. So whatever's decided, it just needs to be done sooner than later. Stanley, have you got anything like to say about <clears throat> your father? Yes, I'll I, I was gonna say 100% I can guarantee we'll win at uh, Huddersfield 2-0. Well, I, can, I can guarantee that. And I think I want people to be patient with Ainsworth. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what? Fair enough. Um, getting to Huddersfield is such a challenge, isn't it, Simon? It's not going to be easy that day either. Yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm, there's no way that I'm paying £80 to go to Huddersfield on the train. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to drive it up and... Yeah, it'd be good to see good to see like minded people and yeah, to be fair, Stan, I hope you're right. And whilst I whilst I've got very little faith at the moment, I I'll be really, really pleased if he proves us wrong. And that's what we want more than anything, I've never understood it when people seem to be rather right. Be right rather than be wrong. <laughs> seem to take not enjoying but like look, I said it was shite. No one's saying that. No one this podcast has said this. I'd rather be wrong about everyone. I don't care who they are. Players, managers, owners, I want them to prove me wrong because that way QPR does well. Now, my hours end is a bit of a strange one, as in it's quite, after all we've been talking about, the depressive side of things. Aaron Wood, um, I don't know if people remember this, a few weeks ago he had a picture and he put it all over social media with himself with Ainsworth and stuff like that. And this goes back to when the lad was 17 and he had testicular cancer and the, you know, he was getting treatment Holloway and Ainsworth went to visit him and in Norfolk because he was a favourite player and you know it always I think it's just touched him so much and then he had bone cancer and it came back and he, had, he didn't get too many games and he missed out in the warm-up years and stuff like that and then it came back this year and he, he, you know and before that he met Holloway and Holloway remembered him and he came back this year and he met Gareth and stuff like that there and he's still you know the ball and everything else and just trying to keep going Um and it's just a mind you, you know, sometimes we moan about the football, but the club is so much more than that. It always is more than that. And things like that. And, you know, it just shows that the club is brilliant. People do care. And there's real life issues. So, Aaron, I wish you well and you were in, 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 your, in this fight. And I hope with next time we've mentioned the podcast, you'll be on and we'll talk about your recovery and a QPR win. And, um, yeah, thanks for getting in touch with me as well and filling me in because I reached out to him and I didn't want to, come on and, and, and do him an injustice. So hopefully I've, I've covered that enough that people get the picture badly, but hopefully enough. I'm sorry, Adam, if I didn't put it across well, but I just thought it was something that people needed to know. So, you know, that's a side of the club I'll always cherish. And we are decent. Um, And it's just something that's just such a shame because, you know, even we, we talked about Les Ferdinand and we'll, we'll end the pod after this, but we are killing too many legends, aren't we? We are just bringing people back and we're killing them, whether they deserve to be sacked or left, you know, Holloway the second time, Jerry Francis the second time, Les Ferdinand. You don't want him to be another one. And that's that, that that's about to me is like so if we do go for a change, just you know, maybe we shouldn't be doing this QPR connection all the time. I understand about Warnock, but you know, just maybe just get the best people for the job sometimes. Because Ainsworth clearly was a fan's choice for the board. Um and he's a good bloke and he's a decent human being, uh, you know I hope Stan's right. We stick with him. He turns it round. And this time next year, we're talking about who's going to knock us out of the FA Cup. And the league position is not too bad. And um, if, you know, if the real companies could stop shagging up or flipping away, there's it'd be marvellous, wouldn't it, Simon? Honest to God. And do you know what I found out the other day? If you buy a ticket today, sometimes you can pay like 160 quid for a real ticket. It's just fucking yeah. scary, isn't it? That's privatisation for you, Paul. Oh God! Another subject, another podcast, another century. Yeah, no, let's 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 not go there. But... I'll get bloody. I'll just get stolen. Oh, that lefty in his wokey podcast, dear Lord. Edit that bit out, Paul. 
No, I can't edit. I don't know how to. It stays in. That's why everything stays in the podcast. I don't know what I'm doing, Simon. We need help with the podcast. <laughs> any, any techies out there who could help with this podcast, please get in touch to use your way. I have to say, Stanley, that was a brilliant debut. And yeah, you might be 16 in, 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 in years, but you're way ahead of that new QPR supporting years. You're way sensible. And thank you for coming on and say hello to your dad for us and a dog. Thanks. Thanks. And, you, and look after yourself, man. You're welcome again anytime. And I'll be seeing you, no doubt, probably tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm not at work tomorrow. Yeah. So man, but you get the idea. Simon, I'll see you yeah. at Huddersfield. I might yeah. be looking, you might be looking for a lift from Wakefield if we can try and get. Whatever, fine, fine. Just let us know, and yeah, we'll we'll nip up there and pick you up. You're a good man, and um, yeah, no games this weekend, so we can't get the press. But Rangers, stop, stop being shy and stop breaking our hearts, and that's what we'll leave the podcast. Thank you for listening, guys. Bye.